Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always joined by Nathan. Hello. But not Matthew yet again. Yep, still on his jollies, isn't he? Mm, enjoying his birthday now in Mauritius. Yeah, that's it. I honestly, when I saw that picture of him, I thought they'd shaved him and it was just like shaving wounds <laughs> all over his face. Um, but yeah. no, it turned out to be a birthday cake. Red velvet by the looks of it. It did look quite delicious with all the fruit and everything on top. It did. It was like it had a bit of a jolly. Yeah, definitely. Ripe age of 33 now. Mm. Forties looming. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to Sorry, Mark. That. <laughs> I'm a bit closer to that myself, but okay. Okay, shall we move on to the big news then? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so massive news, in fact. So the UK regulatory body, the Competition and Markets Authority, has officially prevented the proposed $69 billion Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. Surprising, I have to say. Definitely. And it's not for the reasons that we originally thought it was going to happen. Because all the way through this, it's always been Sony um, pretty much moaning about Call of Duty. That's it. And it not being fair. And then the CMA comes out of nowhere and says, right, it's because of cloud gaming. Yeah. And the monopolization of, of that aspect of it, which is an interesting take. Well, I won't read all of this, but these are some excerpts from the uh, CMA statement, which is taken from the UK government's official website. It says, the CMA has prevented Microsoft's proposed, p- proposed purchase of Activision over concerns the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come. Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service. Microsoft already accounts for an established 60 to 70% of global cloud gaming services, and has other important strengths in cloud gaming from owning Xbox, the leading PC operating system, Windows, and a global cloud computing infrastructure, Azure, and uh, uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming. The deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market by giving it control over important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch and World of Warcraft. The evidence available to the CMA indicates that, absent the merger, Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future. Mm. Did you ever contemplate the whole cloud gaming thing? No, it's, it's never just like something that else? I thought about. I think we were just thinking about the IPs and the games and things and what that would mean moving over to Xbox without even thinking about maybe the larger picture of the cloud gaming side. Yeah, I mean, fair play to the CMA for looking at that. But yeah. are they right? I think, to be honest, I think they've got a point because if they say that Microsoft already has 60 to 70% of the cloud gaming landscape, yeah, then that will just, there'll be more of a stranglehold on that grip of yeah. the cloud gaming space. But, the well, one of the bits that I maybe not enjoyed, but I thought it was quite funny afterwards that Microsoft and uh, Activision both branded the UK as being closed for business in air quotes and mm, less yeah. attractive than the EU. So yeah, here we go. UK bad. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But uh, Martin Coleman, he's the chair of the independent panel who conducted the investigation, said this: "Gaming is the UK's largest entertainment sector. Cloud gaming is growing fast, with the potential to change gaming by altering the way games are played." freeing people from the need to rely on expensive consoles and gaming PCs and giving them more choice over how and where they play games. 
This means that it is vital that we protect competition in this emerging and exciting market. Microsoft already enjoys a powerful position and has star over other competitors in cloud gaming, and this deal will strengthen that advantage, giving it the ability to undermine new and innovative competitors. Microsoft engaged constructively with us to try and address these issues, and we are grateful for that, but their proposals were not effective to remedy our concerns and would have replaced competition with ineffective regulation in a new and dynamic market. Cloud gaming needs a free competitive market to drive innovation and choice. That is best achieved by allowing the current competitive dynamics in cloud gaming to continue to do their job. I mean, even the media got this all wrong. Like everyone was like, oh, this is going to go through. Like, I think like the Financial Times was saying like, oh, this is, this is going to happen. Yeah. And then, well, no. even I've said it previously, like there's nothing that can stop this. And it's, it's going to happen. But this is really throwing a spanner in the works because we're at the 11th hour now. Um, I think they said that we've got they've got until the 30th of June to finalise the deal. Otherwise, there's going to be a three billion break fee that Microsoft are going to have to pay. Mm. And there could potentially be renegotiations of the deal made with Activision to purchase. I think Phil Spencer said there was they're like 14 bodies they had to try and get on board with it or something like that. And yeah. they've got nine, I think he said. But they're still going to get the EU on. And I think they're supposed to make their announcement in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think that's going to be, based on what that is, I think that's going to be massive, depending on what that ruling is. Yeah. And then also there's the FTC in the US as well. What are they going to do off the back of this? Are they going to side I, with I think the, the FTC, CMA? Yeah, I think the FTC will allow it, personally. Hmm. Well, it's, it's an, it's, because it's an American company. Well, that's true. I was going to say it's good for the US, isn't it? So you'd think they'd mm. want to. Strengthen their grip. I think the EU is now going to be the battleground. Yeah, which is strange. I always thought personally it was probably going to be Japan. Yeah. With like the Sony Nintendo. But But it it does make me laugh about how the CMA, as you said, well, the only ones seem to be looking at the big pictures. Like even Sony just didn't seem to care about the whole cloud gaming thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the one thing that they saw that could probably stop them. Yeah. They've just been looking. It's like, it's all right, we'll, we'll do your job for you, Sony. Yeah. It's like Sony's been playing checkers. CMA's been playing 3D chess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Microsoft has stated they're going to appeal for the season. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft and Activision, yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was quite hilarious is the share price dropped 11%. And then um, old Bobby Kotek came on television. Of course he did. To... Yep, to to reinforce how well the business was doing financially, and to diminish the CMA. Yeah, it, it did not look very happy. But oh, like I care. Boo hoo, yeah. Bobby. I know they've just made well in the first three months they made two billion on Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. So yeah, I think they're doing a bit alright, aren't they? Yeah, they'll be fine. So as I said, they're they're going to appeal it. They've even, they've now hired you see this they've hired a lawyer who has previously fought and won against the EU on behalf of Intel and uh, Apple. Yeah. So yeah. But but the thing is with this is those appeals take five to six months to process. Yeah. And they've not and got this, that much time. Yeah. And the CMA have never reversed a decision apparently. Yeah. So. But but Bobby has said he said that the ruling was. A flawed ruling in every respect and he thinks that they can get an accelerated result because of that um but again they've got just under two months to do it 
Well, he's a flawed CEO in every respect. So, yeah. <laughs> well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's a question, though. If Google Stadia still existed, do you think this would have gone through as it being a competitor? Uh, there would have been more competitors, but I don't know how much market share Google actually had, to be honest. Because mm. I only knew, obviously, I, I had it, you had it, Matt had it. I knew probably two other people that had it out of my group of, I, I won't call them friends, associates. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the only other competitor is probably Luna, maybe. Mm. Amazon's offering. And uh, when was the last time I know anything about that? Funnily enough, I, I started getting some more ads on my uh, Fire Stick because you can play games like Fortnite on it and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think there's a big enough player to kind of move the needle enough. And I don't know what Microsoft can do to appease the CMA. But also, it's, do you think the world even cares about cloud gaming that much? I personally I, don't at all. I, really. I, I don't think it's in a place right now that it, it can really compete fully with console gaming because I don't think the internet infrastructure is where it needs to be in order to fully utilise it. But I think in maybe five or ten years, it'll be a different story. So do you agree with this rule? I'd say, yeah, I, I, I do agree with it. Because obviously, Microsoft already hold a massive portion of that market. And this is just going to solidify that in years to come. And it will be a shame, like because say if Microsoft, if this does go through, the Microsoft Cloud Gaming platform will just grow and it'll stamp out any smaller competitors I mean, it's a, it's insane we call it Amazon small, but it's not got a very big portion of the market, what they do. Even what Sony's offering is with their streaming service is not not a lot in comparison to what Game Pass is, for no. example. But let's just say the EU approves it. What do you think that means for UK gamers? I don't think it would mean anything imminently because Microsoft and Activision have already come out and said, you can have you well. You'll have Call of Duty for at least ten years. So I don't think there's anything that would change yeah. right now. But I think in ten years' time, that's where we'd see maybe that switch, and maybe that's the time that is needed for the technology to catch up with cloud gaming and for that to kind of really take to the market fully. So I don't think short term. I don't think it'll make any changes. But long term, I think it could have ramifications because I can see Microsoft as being like the de facto cloud gaming provider and they've been probably nothing else uk and pretty much every territory in the world probably because they're just so ahead of the game in terms of that side of things yeah because they've got the world's leading operating system in in windows so they've got even if you didn't have an xbox or use xbox um, streaming you've got a pc which it can be on um obviously they've got azure the the, one of the biggest um, cloud platforms in the world. So they've got the infrastructure there. So they are really well-placed to kind of run with this once the infrastructure catches up. I'm just really intrigued at what, what's going to happen with the EU. I think that's going to be the milestone for it. Yeah. Because this, this has thrown a real span in the works now, though, hasn't it? It's made it a lot more it's interesting. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then what? <laughs> so, excuse me. Yeah, little old UK. Yeah. It's not like us, is it? to make things difficult <laughs> i know it's 
normally it's like us like rolling over like yep yeah, yeah. How, how much do you want where where do you want to put it yeah. I really hope, like, like I mentioned in the last part, I really hope they were actually in Downing Street when it was announced. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to be a fly on the wall in there. Yeah, fascinating, really. Yeah. But it, it's, it doesn't mean it's going to drag on. That's the problem. Oh, it does, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's been going on forever already. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's only been 10 months. It don't feel like it. I think it's because something exciting has happened now, whereas people are just like, we're just sick of talking about it because now it's happening. Yeah. And now something's actually happened. We're like, hmm, okay, maybe this That's will it. be interesting. Yeah, because it's always been like people have opposed it, but nothing's really officially yeah. come of it until now. So. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens next. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll keep you couple, all up to date. Only a couple of weeks until EU's decision, I think. Mm. So I'm sure we'll get into that in the next podcast. Mm, I'm sure we will. But um, it's not really uh, been Xbox's few, last few weeks, really, has it? <laughs> they've, they've had other issues as well oh yeah yeah less cloud more gaming related issues let's say yeah so redfall yeah redfall okay <laughs> so that that launched recently um and it's not been the finest of launches um will admit. Uh, yeah that's one way of saying it now i am so disappointed because i wanted this game to do well i don't know why i like the look of it so much Maybe it was the floating vampires with the big massive claws, potentially. <laughs> all the blood, all the gore. Yeah, you know, fair play to the people who were looking forward to this part. As soon as I saw that first initial trailer, because it was it was like at the end of one of their showcases, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. And they were made a big thing. I just thought it looked a bit pants. It's right, right there and then. I don't know what people saw in it, but anyway, anyway. But it's it's bad though, isn't it? It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really bad. And this is really bad for Xbox. Uh, not just Xbox, but for Arcane. This is not what we expect yes. to see from them. Like, they've done Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Prey, Deathloop. Maybe not as good, but still serviceable. And then this. I mean, this even got delayed as well, didn't it? It did, yeah. yeah. And that was being and, panned by games and critics. And funnily enough, like, subsequently, Phil Spencer has come out and talked about this. Um, yes. So it was on. It was with kind of funny, and he was saying that even if they did push it back another three months, that it wouldn't have really made a difference. Which I agree with. In terms of probably the core gameplay, but all these bugs we're seeing. Oh yeah, technicality, technicals. Yes, but a bad game in the end is a bad game. Yeah, yeah. It's as, if, it's as yeah. if they tried to shoehorn Fortnite into Far Cry, let's say in terms of what it's trying to do. Like, with all the different weapon grades, like, a gun's a gun at the end of the day. It shouldn't really matter if it's a green or a purple or a gold. It's it's strange. It's just like the... Um, they didn't exactly have the greatest marketing for it either. Like, the whole, you know, the IGM video. It's just, yeah. Know, well, it was just, like, somebody not playing the game very well to begin with. Just thinking it looked a bit tedious and that it just looked all a bit iffy. Yeah, they was playing uh, 60 frames per second on PC, I think it was. Yeah, and they've not been able to ship it at 60 FPS. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, they also came out saying it's 30 FPS on console. And it's like, uh. I'm sure PC <laughs> gamers wished it was at 30 <laughs> FPS. Because well, I've, yeah. I've seen it drop as low as probably 13, 14 FPS. Oh. I mean, it's. 
it's just not really looking good for Microsoft, really, is it? It's like I'm worried. I'm worried about Starfield now. And the thing is, so much is now riding on that. Yeah, that's it. Like the last few exclusives that Xbox have had have flopped. They they need a they need a big hitter. They need a banger to come out and basically show people why they should get a Series X and S. Yeah, because there's nothing really worth buying an Xbox for. It's like obviously at launch they were supposed to launch with Halo Infinite. Yeah, and then that got pushed. Didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, didn't happen. That launched, and that came out in a state. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like now. I mean, it's a, it's better now, and it's probably evened out a bit to one of not one of the best Halo games, but it's kind of mi- middle middle ground. I'd say it's not as bad as it used to be. But I, th- but. I think this is a problem like connected to the plaster that we just talked about. Is that they? It seems like they're too busy trying to hoover up studios and not making the most of what they already have. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. They've got some fantastic developers there, and they don't seem to, for whatever reason, either not giving them the time, the money, to just put good stuff out. They're putting, yeah. they're making half baked stuff. Let's think about. Actually, I'm, I'm going to give you a hot take. Is it time for Phil Spencer to step down? Is a likable guy. Well, this is the thing. But, but it, yeah, you make a good point. Is he the right person to take Xbox forward? Yeah, everyone seems to like the dude. Because, it's you know, because, he's a, he's because a he is a gamer and he, he speaks a language that we can understand, yeah, not he plays, COO he plays, language. Yeah, he plays the one of us card very well. Yeah. But in the end, the proof is in the pudding. The games that are coming and out. The pudding are is not, tasting bad. Yeah. The games that are coming out are not up to scratch. I mean, listen, I'm not going to fly out and say everything's bad. You know, Forza. They're oh, great. Yeah. You can't, you can't really knock them. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. That was great. Outside of them, is there anything that really stands out over, I think it's nine years he's been in charge? Now, not, that's not to say he's not done the great things outside of the games. Yeah. Because I know he's put you know a lot of initiative into you know, Game Pass and cloud gaming, that kind of thing. But in the end... Gamers care about games. Yeah. I mean, and they're or, just not getting them. Yeah. I mean, for me, Ori in the Will of the Wisps was a, a fantastic game. I know it's not like a triple A. I, I think we're both talking about like blockbusters at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Because you just look at PlayStation, it's just they're knocking about every time. Yeah, that's it. Like, even the ones that you wouldn't say are top tier, like maybe Horizon Forbidden West, still great games. Yeah, but I think with 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 Sony, we're spoiled by the games that we do have. So that's why we diminish games like Horizon Forbidden West, and they're not as yeah coveted. But if that came out on Xbox, would that be like, oh my goodness, this is absolutely yeah, this amazing? Is the system sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Phil Spencer on that kind of funny podcast, as you mentioned, Phil Spencer did. Uh... He says some other comments. He says, I'll just say all up, there's nothing that's more difficult for me than disappointing the Xbox community. I've been a part of it for a long time. I obviously work on Xbox, head of the business, have a lot of friends, get a lot of feedback. And just and just to watch the community lose confidence, be disappointed, I'm disappointed, I'm upset with myself. I mean, fair play for him for putting himself out there. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people would have done that. But there's only so many times you can say this. Yeah, that's it. Like, eventually you've got to start delivering yeah, I mean, there's only so much goodwill you can use before it starts becoming toxic in a way because you're not giving gamers what they want 
and the things that you are giving are subpar. I mean, one thing that I was thinking about is, are they leaning too much on Game Pass and it being, in air quotes, free games? Is that diminishing the quality of what they put out? I think that, because I think the two is trying to make an ecosystem. Yeah. And forgetting that they're games. Oh, I forgot Hi-Fi Rush. That, that got shadow drops and that would receive quite well. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. But I don't think that helped with the fact that it was a shadow, shadow dropped. I don't think that helped. I think they, if if they knew the quality of it, that's that's the things you need to be advertising. Yeah, that's it. Ramping up hype for that game. But it's it's worried. I find it really worried. It's like I'm looking at my Xbox and it's just like, why do I own it? <laughs> I don't. It's like yeah. As I just mentioned, Forza, Flight Simulator. That's pretty much the only games I've ever really played on. The only thing I really like my Series well, X for. Well, that's first party anyway. That's yeah, party. is the backwards compatibility aspect. Because I yes. can put Portal 2 in there and play Portal 2 on the 360. I, I like that. But you can't really just rely well, on the back catalogue. Exactly, this is the thing. It's just, what about the now? Yeah. It's the thing. We, we, we want things now. You've got, like, the most powerful console on the planet. Let's not stop making it too much, shall we? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's been like, what was it two years now? Yeah. And how long's a, a normal console cycle? About seven years or so? Yeah, six, seven years, you'd say, yeah. So we're so only two years five, into that already. Well, yeah, five years left. What are you going to give us? And we've seen what PlayStation have already put out now. And they've got the PSVR 2 now as well. Yeah. And Xbox has given us Halo Infinite and Redfall. Yeah. I mean, the only couple of games that I think I'm really looking forward to from Xbox is... Starfield and the new Forza. What's well, the thing about Starfield? For me, Starfield now is my cyberpunk. The thing that I was re- I really want and that I can't wait to play because I think that's right up my alley. You know, Skyrim in space. You know, yeah. That's, that's what I want. But now I'm just looking at it going, is this going to come out in a complete state and just be absolutely not playable? I'm going to have to wait a year after it releases anyway just to play it in a, in yeah. a manageable way. Like you do with Cyberpunk. But yeah. this is if we're, if we're thinking this, a lot of people will be thinking the same, and this is going to hurt their bottom line because people are not going to feel com- confident in putting pre-orders in for these games. They'll wait if it's come out, maybe wait two or three months for it to price drop and for patches to be made, for it to be in a playable state. And they'll probably lose, could be up to even 25% of the revenue on it. Mm. It's worrying. What are they doing? I, d- I don't understand how they've let this happen. I, d- I just, I just, as I say, I think they're just too busy focusing on other things and not their gaming portion. Yeah. It's just, let's just play all the games on other platforms. It's like, no, put out good games. Then people will flock to your system. Well, that's it. But you were saying comments are like basically saying that, uh, oh, if, if we put our Starfield and it's a 11 out of 10 game, people aren't going to sell their PS5s and buy an xbox and it's like that's such a defeatist attitude yeah it's like believe in your games and put the effort into them well i've always believed that if you if you buy a console you need at least five core games to make you want to buy it to for that investment and then also the obviously the future stuff that you buy mm. um i don't think i could name five absolute big hitters on xbox for for the series x i could name you five for sony 
What yeah. have we got? Flight Simulator, Forza Horizon 5. Um, could you chuck uh, Halo Infinite in there? Um, uh, it, it's last, first party. Effort, maybe. I don't know. But there's how many first parties are there? I the thing is, I can't even think of many first parties in general, let alone whether they're big or... I'm intrigued by their, their showcase that they're going to do at Summer Games Fest. Because they're going to have yeah. to pull something out of the bag. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to give us something really good to look forward to. Just looking at first party, just... So what does it call? Sea of Thieves, last, um, last okay, gen. Sea of Thieves, okay. Um, last check. Fable, they've got Fable. That's been in the works for about three uh, years, two, three years. I got a feeling we're not going to see that for youngs. Yeah. State of Decay. So I think we're waiting on State of Decay 3. That's still to be decided. Obviously, we've got Forza. Do you know what? I They need to bring Gears of War 6. That would be a bigger. It's been a long time since the last one, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, when I finished playing 5, I was, like, itching, like, come on. Just let's get 6 out. Because that would that'd excite me. Because I, I love Gears of War. And there's a lot of nostalgia there for Gears of War. Because, obviously, it launched on the 360. And everyone loved that initial trilogy on the 360. So, yeah. But, well, they've got Crackdown. That's a dead dead franchise. Speaking of dead, Deathloop. That's Bethesda. But, well, that's is what well, it is. It came out. PlayStation initially did it. It was yeah. like time exclusive, wasn't it? Before they signed this deal. Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just Could have done a Yeah. That were a really fun game. Like, just build off the back of that. I think, like, the director of it said he wanted to do it, but they just weren't interested in doing it. Shame. Real shame. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need to listen to listen to gamers more about what they want. Hmm. Rather than going off out on all these tangents and not really delivering anything, there's going to be a backlash at some point. Because if they don't start doing something quickly, I'm, I'm definitely not going to buy an Xbox the next generation. They've got to convince me. Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, do they care? Well, if, as long as they can get you on Game Pass on your PC, well, they won't on, they? But, on their cloud gaming platform. I think a lot of people will be just turn away, really. Because the thing is, if they're putting out the same games. Like you can play elsewhere, and elsewhere you can also get great exclusives. Why would you not choose the other platform? Yeah, it's true. I mean, Nintendo not got a strong third-party presence, but first-party, bang on. And then you've got Sony, probably the best of both worlds. And well, where does Microsoft fit into that? And they've kind of got their own Game Pass like competitor yeah. now, should we say? Is it is it going to come to a point where um, Xbox? are just a service for Sony and Nintendo to put their games onto eventually. Are they going to be the infrastructure for the next generation? I'm beginning to feel that Xbox doesn't actually care about games. That that is that is all their plan all along. All their innovations to do around like the technological aspects. Yeah. They don't seem to be wanting to hook people with their games. So that's the only thing I can think of. So yeah, maybe, maybe they will. I just find it very strange. Yeah. I mean, maybe in five years we'll have a different opinion when mm. all these um, studios that they've hoovered up over the last few years have actually got something to show that they've had some time to work on and maybe we'll be wrong. But right now it's not looking good. No. 
Shall we move on to other things? Yeah. Let's move on to the happier stuff, shall we? Okay, so PlayStation, they've hit a milestone. So a 2022 financial year uh, announcement from Saudi has stated that the PS5 has now surpassed 38.4 million units sold. And it had the highest selling fourth quarter of any console in history, apparently. What this means, what this means though, is that PlayStation as a whole has now become the first console manufacturer to surpass 500 million units sold collectively. And that doesn't even include the PSP and the PS Vita. Well, they, well, the Vita to a lesser extent, but the PSP sold a good amount there. And I think it was probably over 60 million of them. So uh, the breakdown is as follows. So the PS1 sold 102.5 million units. Uh, PS2 sold 155 million units. Uh, PS3 sold 87.4 million. PS4, 117 million. And PS5, 38.4, as I just said. Yeah. So, yeah, not bad. They're doing Um, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, To be honest, I'm surprised about them PS3 numbers because after the PS2 came out, that did fantastically well. And I think they kind of rode the look a bit with the PS3 in terms of its architecture. Yeah, and obviously, the, they had the issue with the yellow light of death. Um, but yeah, 85 million, that's still fantastic. But yeah, well done, Sony. Well done, PlayStation. On to ne- the next 500 mil. Do you think the PS5 could possibly surpass the PS2? No. No, I don't. Not that answers that. <laughs> because... I think a lot of people bought the PS2 because it was also a DVD player. And at the time, they were quite sure. expensive. So they were like, and it, and it was, I think when it launched, it was a couple of hundred quid. Yeah, I was going to say, this game is a lot more expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think like at the time, there was, if you were at a shop and you had, you could spend 150 quid on a DVD player or 200 on a PlayStation, you think, right, we'll chuck an extra 50 quid in. The kids can play it for, with games and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with the PS5, I don't think there's as much of a need for people to pay for an 8K Blu-rays. Like, obviously, we've got streaming now, so there's a lot of people that don't have f- any physical discs anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. I can I can see it probably surpassing 100 million, um, but I don't think it'll get itself into PS2 territory. But shall we stick with uh, Sony then? Mm-hmm. So it's been announced that Sony are shutting down their first-party studio, Pixel Opus. Ah. So they're known for the titles Entwined and Concrete Gina. So Pixel Opus posted on Twitter, Dear friends, our Pixel Opus adventure has come to an end as we look to new futures. We wanted to say a heartfelt thank you to to the millions of passionate players who have supported us and our mission to make beautiful, imaginative games with heart. We are so grateful. And Sony did comment on this. They said... PlayStation Studios regularly evaluates its portfolio and the status of studio projects to ensure they meet the organization's short and long-term strategic objectives. As part of a recent review process, it has been decided that Pixel Opus will close on June the 2nd. I don't really like the corporate speak in that statement. Yeah, it does seem very cut and dry that basically if you're not delivering, then you're, you're gone, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's not very reassuring. I mean, what can I say? Apparently, Pixel Opus is their smallest first-party studio. Yeah. So there's not a lot of staff. Well, they'd... Yeah, there's that. Well, they only released two games, didn't they? And then they had yeah. the, uh, an untitled cancel project, obviously, now. Yes. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, you can you can see why. Still Ho- fortunate though. Yeah, hopefully the staff will be absorbed into other teams within PlayStation. Hopefully. Yeah, I think I think they're all that's like fifteen people there, isn't it? Yeah. Not many. Sure, I hope they can find them else jobs elsewhere. Yeah, but that's a bit of a shame. I would quite like to know what they were working on. Because mm. I am fascinated by Concrete Genie. I mean, uh, it looks beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. I've got it, but I've, never, I've just not played it yet. I'd like to give that a try. But maybe it just didn't sell well. In fact, I've got Entwined as well. I've not played that either. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the problem. <laughs> so you, <laughs> yeah. I've not played them. You've got the full Pixel Opus catalogue, but, yeah. <laughs> but you've not played them. So. <laughs> At least you've bought them, though. There's yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. So. But no, sad, sad. But I wish the people who work there well. Yeah. So, um, shall we chat about some Hall of Fame inductees? So, the World Video Game Hall of Fame, um, I've had two new games introduced to them. Um, the first one is The Last of Us. Doesn't need any, well, uh, what's the word for it? Explanation? Yeah, doesn't need any explanation. We, we know about The Last of Us. We've played it over three generations now. And, and we've watched it. it. And we've watched it, yeah. Absolutely fantastically na- narrative written game. And yeah, amazing story. Um, but yeah, just absolutely fantastic. The second one, a bit of a surprise. Um, but after looking into it, uh, not surprised as I used to be, Barbie Fashion Designer. So this was a CD-ROM game that came out in 1996. Um, And basically this allowed you to design outfits for your Barbie doll on your PC. And then you could print them out onto fabric and cut them out and then basically dress your Barbie in what you'd made. Um, That is actually genuinely great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I I wouldn't do it myself, but (laughs) that's genuinely as an idea. I like that. Yeah, like the imagination of it is yeah. absolutely fantastic. And, and basically, you got the CD-ROM and you got um, kind of the fabric, you got pens, so you could, so you basically, you'd print out your design onto the fabric and then you'd colour it in, so you could like colour in everything and then you cut it out with your scissors and then you had these little like glue things so you could stick it all together and they could dress your barbie up with the creations that you'd made. And this was like a fantastic... Um, introduction for girls using computers and um, because up until then they'd never really been too much for girl gamers and girls in general using computers it, it was very male driven mm. so just to get people using computers and all the functions there and just using their imagination really um, and that's kind of the reason that it's been introdu- inducted in there and uh, funnily enough I saw um, the advert for the game and it was absolutely hilarious and fantastic I do actually want to buy it <laughs> um, but it was really like pushing like computers for girls and stuff like that which is which is really really great and it might have been a a programmer's first foray into using a computer so it kind of sparks that imagination mm. which is good so well, like Barbie's making a comeback because there's a film coming along, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's a really wacky um, trailer for it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I don't know what to make of that. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Margot Robbie will smash it out of the park like she normally does. So. Yeah, I'm sure. It feels like she's in every, every film now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm just thinking like <laughs> all the things that she's 
yeah, she she's been in and that she's doing, yeah. But she's good at what she does now. So, so um, we'll get into some gaming slash football news now. So mm. we all know Erling Haaland, the top goal scorer in the Premier League, plays for Man City. Um, so he recently played a game against West Ham where Man City won 3-0. And he broke Alan Shearer's record. Sorry about that, Matt. Um, of scoring... So he's now scored 35 games in a 42-game season in a 38-game season. So he's done it ahead of schedule um, with a few games to go. And basically, um, during his interview after the game, um, they said, basically asked him, now you've secured the record, um, what are you going to do next? And he said he doesn't really think about this. Um, he says he'll go, he's going to go home play some video games and eat something and then go to sleep. That's what I will do, he said. Um, which sparked um, a follow-up question. Which video games are you playing at the moment? Which Helen replies, I can't say it's too embarrassing. So off the back of that, it sparked debate over what he's actually playing. Now, I personally think he goes home and chills on sensible soccer. No, I don't think that's embarrassing, though. No. I, don't, I don't think that'd be cool. Yeah, like you got to think if it was like FIFA or Call of Duty, he might come out and say it. Or is there like something involved where he can't say the game because obviously he's a big global football star? Maybe that'll cause other people to buy it. I don't, I don't know. Or not buy it if they don't like him. Or he's under NDA. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah. Maybe um, Redfall. <laughs> <laughs> that's true know. yeah it could, could be redfall well some people have um, speculated and said it could be animal crossing so you might, you might want to go go home whack on his switch sort his island that's, out that's not, that's not embarrassing either come on yeah plenty plenty of slabs play that don't they? i think in 2023 nothing should be embarrassing when it comes to gaming it's the yeah. largest entertainment medium in the world well, so. this, is, this is the thing is that we're supposed to act like we're not supposed to enjoy it <laughs> Yeah. Even though it is the biggest entertainment industry in the world. We can like games. We're allowed to like games. Everybody's allowed to like games. Yeah, that's it. And then one person did say well, that... What could be embarrassing? Of his four, $470,000 a week wage that he's spending all on Robux. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doubt that's the case. That would be embarrassing, I guess. Yeah. Or V-Bucks, if he's playing Fortnite. I think celebrities would come out and say that they're playing... Fortnite just to start with cool. Yeah. As if you need the Fortnite. It wouldn't surprise me if he hasn't. I don't think he has. It, it, actually, let me have a quick look. It does. <laughs> it feels like he could have been. Yeah. Searching Fortnite football players on um, Google. And if it comes up with like American football hand egg players, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> Neymar's been in it. Of course he has. Who else? City games are really embarrassing. Maybe he's been playing Barbie's fashion designer and um, <laughs> he didn't want to let it slip. Is that Marco Royce? Looks like him. Who's that? I think that's Harry, Harry Kane. Seen some pictures of Harry Kane. Yeah, I don't think he's been in it. Oh, wait a minute. Is that him? That'll change. Yeah. Because when he celebrates, he always does that meditation thing. So that's going to yeah. be an emote, definitely. They've yeah. got to, they've got to, like, Chill that for 500 V-Bucks. Yeah. Not being in it as far as I can see, but yeah. Wonder what Haaland chills at home playing on his time off. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, he could, could play Pokemon, yeah. Unless you'll be unbiased about that either. True. Yeah. Anyway, it's 2023. You can play whatever you want and be proud of it. Enjoy what you like to play. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Let's do it. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah, go on then. I think you did the honours last time, so I'll do the honours this time. So away. I have been playing two games. Well, technically three. External from the norm. So, yeah, I'll get into it. So, the first game that I've played is Super Mario Land on the original Game Boy. So, taking it back to the early 90s. So, this game came out in Europe on the 28th of September 1990. This is a side-scrolling platform game and is the first game in the Super Mario Land series. And basically, you play as Mario through 12 levels, um, four worlds in total, and to try and get, try and defeat Bowser. Now, the levels themselves are split into four different worlds. So the first world is like Egyptian themed. So you've got pyramids everywhere, Koopas coming at you. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, because yeah, Egypt's pyramids, that's all it is. That's, yeah. it that's it. It's yeah. honestly, it's very stereotypical. As I go through, you'll you'll realise. Um, so I, I'm really good at these first three levels because I must have played them about 50 times. Um, and what's funny is when you get to the end, you the boss is the Sphinx that like blasts fire at you as it is in Egypt (laughs) and you've got to kind of jump over or under the Sphinx if you can get um so you can't actually fight them you've got to just get past them and then that's all good and then you've got like a little cut scene and then Princess Daisy's there and Mario's like oh it's Princess Daisy and then for some reason Princess Daisy turns into a little mosquito creature and scurries away and I've never understood why but yeah, anyway, that's that's that was one, one of life's unanswered questions. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Why does Princess Daisy turn into a mosquito? <laughs> but yeah, um, so the next set of worlds is kind of it's futuristic. So you can see like spaceships everywhere. Um, there's like jumping fish coming to get you for some reason because it's uh, the future. And yeah, I'm I'm fine with the first couple of levels on here. The third one's a little bit bit, bit more challenging but yeah nice to get through that um the third world is set on easter island so obviously you've got the big heads everywhere of course yeah it would be easter yeah. island without that and so maui? that's maui that, that's what they call it, it? The maui, maui? was that was that like the tribe that was on the island that died out i think so and i think that's what the feds represent i don't know yeah have you seen like the the pictures of it and there's like people think there's like full bodies underneath and it's just that they've sunk it into the earth mm. that'd be quite weird but anyway um and then you've got the last like world and that's like set in like the aztec style so the kind of step pyramids and stuff like that this all sounds like crystal maze <laughs> it, it just it, it's really weird it is really weird um but honestly it's an absolutely solid platformer. I absolutely love it. I've not completed it. It is under good authority that you can complete it in an hour, but I'm I'm not fantastic at platformers. I've done the first couple of worlds, mm. must have been about 40 or 50 times. And I, I had this game when I was younger, 
and then somehow I lost it and then recently I've bought it again. I already thought I had it, but I bought a couple of games um, from eBay and this was there as well. And I put it in and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got number two. I've not got this one. I've not got Super Mario Land. And the music came on and it was like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my youth. And oh, I love it so much. And one thing that is absolutely hilarious is, you know, when you get a star um, to power up, it does the can-can. So it's like, <laughs> as you're absolutely flying past, destroying everything in your path. It's absolutely amazing. I don't know why they chose that song, but I'm there for it. Yeah, so when I originally got it, I think I potentially might have got a dodgy copy. Okay. When I was 10 years old. Now there was there was one thing that gave it away because okay. I was very astute as a child. Um, so we got this game from Spain, and it, on the front of it it said fifty games in one. So <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Yeah. So because of that, I deduced that it wasn't a legitimate copy of the game, and it literally had that Mario game on fifty times. So no matter what <laughs> game I picked. It was always that Mario game. Well, it's technically the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was literally the only game that I could play on that. But honestly, I've just been loving it. I think in between recording this podcast, so when we first started, I was playing it. In the interval, I was playing it, and I'm going to play it after. Because it's my mission now to actually complete this game. I've got to, got to actually get to the Aztec bit. Because I can get to the Easter Island bit. I get to the second level and then it all seems to fall apart from there. The platforming just gets a bit too advanced for me. But I'm older than I used to be. <laughs> Probably crapper than I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I don't like about the game is that you can't save it either. So if you sit down, you've got to dedicate that time to it, which is annoying. Yeah. But game, game is not what it used to be, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was difficult for difficult sake just to keep you coming back. But yeah. anyway, but yeah, I've been playing that for on and off for the last probably week or so, just trying to get through it when I've had time. Like sometimes I'll have been on a really good run. I've stacked about eight or nine lives up because once you've completed a level, there's not like the flag in normal Mario games where you can get to the top and get an extra life or whatever but there's two entrances to get to the next level there's the bottom entrance that'll just take you to the next level but if you can platform your way to the top entrance then it does like a little roulette thing where if you click on a it'll stop and then you can get either new lives or power-ups and things so yeah so that helps but yeah that is my new mission to try and complete that game so. Do you think you'll succeed? Probably not, but I'll try my best. <laughs> it's all, all we can all we can do. I look forward to hearing about that on the next pod. <laughs> <laughs> and the next game that I've been playing, another Nintendo game, Ooh. is Detective Pikachu. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So along with the film, they came out with a game. Um it's not fully based on the film. But there are parallels there, so I can confirm there is a talking Pikachu. Um, <laughs> but in terms of who voices the Pikachu, this astounded me, but I'll get onto that shortly. So this game for the 3DS originally came out on the 23rd of March 2018. And the person who voices Pikachu 
was a Chinese voice actor called um, Kaiji Tang. Now, when I first heard Pikachu's voice, I thought, this voice sounds vaguely familiar. Um, so I started looking into what he'd done before. And he'd done quite a few games. So he'd done like Soul Calibur. Um, so there was a voice in that, but I didn't really connect to that one. And I found out that he voiced Ichiban Kaska in Yakuza Like a Dragon. So oh, the, the voice that I've listened to for pretty much 50 hours. Um, and then once I found that, I was like, yes, that is, that is the one. So, um, yeah, it was quite interesting because I didn't know um, that he wasn't, well, that that Yakuza, I'm going to call him Yakuza, that um, Ishiban was voiced by a Chinese voice actor. I thought it was just English. They got someone English to do it. But anyway, yeah, no, but it's fantastic. Love that. Um, So just a bit about this game, the game itself. It's obviously it's a spin-off of the Pokemon franchise. And the player that we play as is called, it's Tim Goodman. Yeah. So the, pretty much it's the same name as the guy in the film. So we we play Tim Goodman, and your job is to work with the talking Pikachu to solve mysteries. So as the game opens up, you come across this Pikachu, and you can actually understand what it's saying, but nobody else can. So just like the film, everyone hears Pika Pika, you hear words, because Tim is mental apparently. And the people recognise that. So you're there chatting with your Pokemon and the people around you will be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And they kind of like move away a bit. <laughs> um, but it is advantageous because in this game, you do have to talk to people um, because there's a few things that you have to do. So the first mystery is there's these APOM. So these are kind of like monkey kind of Pokemon and they've stolen this lady's necklace and you've got to go and find it. So these cheeky monkeys have run off with a necklace and you've got to kind of find out where they've gone. Mm. Um, and they've not just run away. They've like got ketchup all over themselves and paint. And you've got to find out where these splodges are and things to kind of try and see where they've gone and get statements out of people to try and find out where they've got to. So what you have to do first is you'll go around and talk to people and ask them questions to get statements. So bits of information that you can put together to try and find out where they've gone. And then also Pikachu can talk to Pokemon. So you can talk to the humans, Pikachu will go and talk to the Pokemon. And then once you've spoken to everybody and asked all the questions that you want, they can try and put a picture together of what's been happening. Um, Then once you've done that, you can start looking for clues. So the clues would be like, maybe there's a splodge of paint where the Apon might ran to, so you can get that together. And then before you move on, what you've got to do is kind of paint a picture of what's happened and where the APOP have gone. So it kind of comes up with like a bit of a splash screen and then given the evidence you've got, you've got to fit it into the right location. So there's little boxes um, in the map and you've got to say, right, this happened here, this happened here, this is the testimony from this person in order to move on. So you've got to kind of pay attention to what you're saying to people, what they're saying to you in order to build a picture of what's actually happened, which is quite interesting. Um, so eventually, um, I found out the cul- I found the culprit, and it turned out that they'd been in a fight with another Pokemon. So because of that, the necklace had gone missing. So there was another set of things I had to do. So like, right, 
there was a few bits of evidence lying around. So there was a feather, um, some rubbish, and using that feather, I said, right, which Pokemon did this Apon fight with to lose the to lose the necklace? So off the back of that, I had to go around and around this park finding all the bird type Pokemon and which feather belongs to this Pokemon. Well, which Pokemon belongs to the feather or vice versa. Um, but this is where my existing Pokemon knowledge came in because I knew the colour of the feather belongs to a Murkrow. So I was like, right, I'm one step ahead. Mm. But regardless of my pre-existing knowledge, I still needed to go around the houses to find all these other Pokemon and compare the feathers to the colours and stuff, but which was quite annoying. But anyway, did that. And eventually through deduction, um, in between that, I went for a coffee with Pikachu because Pikachu likes coffee. For some reason okay <laughs> and so do i as a i think 15 16 year old boy <laughs> but yeah um so i managed to eventually deduce where the necklace was get the necklace back and then get it to the, its rightful owner um so mystery solved but then it later came out that tim's dad's gone missing and pikachu's got amnesia so we can deduce that pikachu is probably tim's dad Oh, that's what I think anyway. So it's a father and son crime fighting detective team. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, I I got through all that and I finished chapter one. So each chapter is a mystery. So I've done the first mystery and then now moving on to the next one. So I've gone down to the station and it's like kicked off the next stage of events. Um. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, normally I don't play anything other than like the mainline Pokemon games. So the ones where you kind of train your Pokemon up to fight other Pokemon and do that kind of thing. But this is quite interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a lot so far. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to play more of Tim's Adventure. So, nice. yeah. Um, there's one other thing I want to mention. I have tried Amazon Lunar out for the first time. Ooh. Because they didn't put me off cloud enough. <laughs> so thoughts um one thing that was quite interesting the only reason i did play is because i got an ad and i'm like oh luna let's have a look at what games there are and there's an absolute ton and you can pay for luna plus if you want to to have access to a load of other games but i didn't want to do that so i just played the normal games that they've got access to and fortnite was one of them your favorite game now yeah so before you get into the game you get a screen and it will ask you what control you want to use. Now, I thought this was quite good because you could choose your phone as a controller and there's like a companion app you can download so you can use your phone. You can use an Xbox controller, PlayStation controller or an other Bluetooth controller. So there's lots of options there if you if you want to use them. And then after that and you connect, then you load into the game. Now, for Fortnite, you've got to link it to your Epic account. Um, so it kind of downloads all your character and everything. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, it wasn't too bad. Um, I think it was a, it was more solid than the Stadia, to be honest. I mean, I know that's probably not very difficult, but it, yeah, it was okay. The the only issue we had is that there was no crouch button on the like phone controller that we could find anyway. So there was a few issues there. But I'm sure if, if I'd have connected the PlayStation or an Xbox controller, that would have been fine. But, or, your, or your Stadia control. Or, or Stadia, yeah. yeah. That that would have been right slap in the face. <laughs> Connecting the Stadia <laughs> control to Luna. I might do it now. 
But yeah, it wasn't too bad. Played it for 10, 15 minutes. It's interesting because obviously I, I use my well, I use my Fire Stick and that's connected to my Netflix Prime Television. So it's nice that there was also like the gaming aspects in there. And I think for what it's worth for the less fast paced games, it's probably it probably be quite good. Just to say, right, I've finished watching this episode of this. I'll play a short game of this. And it's quite seamless, really, once all the setup's been done. So, yeah, yeah, so they're my first thoughts on Luna. Mm. I'm more positive than Stadia was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's only because that there was no cost to entry. So even with Stadia, we, we pay 20 quid for the setup. With this, it's like it's already part of your subscription. So it's fine. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, but yes, that is what I've been playing. What about you, Mark? Okay, so do you remember last week, Nathan? Uh, I told you I was on this fighting streak. Yes. And then you said something to me. Do you remember what you said to me? Uh, was it about Virtual Fighter? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I decided to dabble in Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Nice. <laughs> So, of all the games that I play, all the fighting games I've played recently, uh, Virtual Fighter is probably the one I remember the least. I do remember yeah. having one on the Mega Drive. Yeah. But I can't remember anything. I can't remember any of the characters on it or anything, to be quite honest. So, you know, I've been working uh, in these fighting games, I've been working through my way through the, like, the story modes and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Of course, this doesn't have a story mode. So, that pretty much set the tone for this one, really. Um, <laughs> It's got like, you know, like standard series of just beat a series of opponents and then yeah. that's it. You win the game. And, but I do like the fact that you get, um, they do have like this instant win thing by you can whack people out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. That is quite interesting. Which you don't see very often. Yeah. Because it, it just adds another dynamic, doesn't it? To get like yeah. gaining ground on people and the way that you move yeah. rather than it just being you punch each other until your health's gone. Yeah. Although if you lose by that method, it's cheating. As well, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. So, so I managed to comp, comp, well, complete it, shall I say? Uh, but then the game, in as in tradition in fighting games, it seems, is that they throw in a bonus opponent. Mm. And this one's called Dural, and they promptly kicked my ass. No, I wasn't very good at that. It's it's not a bad looking game. Uh, in fact, the backroom and environments I really liked. They were quite serene and peaceful, to be quite honest. Yeah. Which is ironic for fighting you. Yeah? But it's a simple game in terms of its buttons. So you've got like three buttons as a use, kick, punch, and guard. So all my combos just like exactly the same. It's just like kick, kick, punch, kick, kick, punch. And that's about it. Really. Oh, and if you hold two of them together, I just kept doing a net breaker as well. Ah. But, um, but the thing is, when you've got all these polished, like modern fighting games now, this just feels like it's been left way behind. Yeah, I think the mechanics are a lot, well, they're similar to what they were when the original Virtua Fighter came out. They've not really moved on that much. Yeah, it's it's, it's not got much depth to it at all. And I did delete it after playing it. <laughs> just There's nothing keeping me going on it. I mean, perhaps it's time for a revival. I don't know. Yeah. There's a future for, for Virtua Fighter, but that ain't it. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason it was free, so... Yeah, because I think that was I think that Ultimate Showdown was made specifically for the PS Plus thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was just launched on PS Plus and and that was it. There was never yeah. any physical release for it. Yeah, and I think I think the original Virtual Fighter Five came out quite some years ago. 
Yeah, because I think it came out on the PS3 originally. Yeah. Just seems a bit of a random thing to do, to be quite honest. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Lisa really loves Virtual Fighter. She's she's fantastic at it. Um, when we had it for the PS3, she went on something like a 119 unbeaten run on um, nice. on the online mode. And wow. she got to something while like 10th Dan or something like that because there's like ranks to it as you fight. So this is against uh, other opponents? Real yeah. People. Yeah. Blimey. And is it still an unbeaten streak? Nope. She got her ass kicked at one point. And, oh, um, she never yeah. played it ever again. <laughs> she did. She got to, she played it again and she got to probably about 29, another like 29 unbeaten streak, which is impressive in itself. And oh, then yeah. she kind of fell off it. But I don't know. It was just, it seemed to be a game that just she was just naturally good at. Excellent. Well, I'm not quite sure how my future of Virtua Fighter is going to be. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if they bring a more story-driven one out, then yeah, maybe. I, th- I think that's the thing now. It, it seems to be fallen by the wayside now, compared to others. Yeah. But I've played uh, one other game. And now, to be honest, it feels like we've kind of gone full circle with all this now. So, I've been playing Yakuza Kiwami. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously, I, I, a couple of years ago, I played uh, Yakuza 0. Yeah. That inspired Matt to start playing Yakuza games, and now he's just blasted his way through them all. And then that inspired you to play Like a Dragon. And now you talking about playing Like a Dragon has inspired me to go back onto it. So yeah, we've just gone around in circles here. Um, so Kiwami is the, rem- sorry, the remake of the first Yakuza game. And you got Kazama Kiryu, a member of the Tojian clan of the Yakuza who takes the fall for the murder of his boss. And he's then chucked in jail for 10 years. And upon his release, uh, he goes in search of a channel friend who has gone missing and becomes embroiled in the search for 10 million yen that has been stolen from the Tojiko. And in the midst of all this, he meets a young girl called Haruka, which seems may have connection to all this. Um, so it's a semi-open action-adventure game, like all the Yakuza's are, that takes place in Kaburocho, a fictional district in Tokyo. And as you run around the city, various gang members will take an exception to you and we'll pick a fight uh, so regularly you have to bash some heads in yeah they like getting their asses kicked don't they you think they talk to each other and think let's not approach this guy yeah but then they just spot you and go i want to scrap with him i mean they just like to test themselves i don't know yeah just, maybe yeah. so the thing the game worlds aren't particularly huge in the yakuza games but it's just they, they densely populated places and things to do with them there's like there's, there's numerous places to you know eat and drink. Uh, there's places there's like loads of places for mini games. So you got bowling, mahjong. Uh, there's an underground casino. Uh, there's a thing called Mesu King, which did puzzle me. So this is a weird one. It's you collect a series of cards, and on these cards are uh, pictures of women dressed up as animals. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then you use these cards. To compete against other people in a bizarre version of rock, paper, scissors. It's odd. I, I can't even begin to explain it. Outside ah, of that, you've also got uh, the batting cage. Which is typical oh, yeah. Of the Love that. Yep. 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 Pool. Uh, darts as well. Now, is, the, the, is the pool any good? The pool, uh, yeah, it's not bad, actually. But I, I only did the... Um, they've actually got like a... As well as like normal game of pool... They've got like a um, sort of like a trick shot kind of thing as well. Hmm. 
So it puts the black ball in certain places, and then it puts obstacles on the on the table. And you've got to try and pot the black ball without either like touching these other obstacles or things yeah. like that. That's quite intriguing, but bloody hard. So I weren't very good at that. I'd lose hours at that. Yeah. But um, the darts as well. And the darts I, the place I found was actually at a whiskey bar. So oh, I very up, nice. Yeah, so I ended up downing a whiskey and then playing the darts. And it actually does affect you. It's like goes blurry all the, all the dartboard. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to get on with this. There's probably there's a bunch of other mini games as well that I can't remember. But um, so much like Yakuza Zero, what I love is we have this serious Yakuza story, but then it's littered with ridiculous sub stories as well. Yeah. Like inject injects like a lot of humor into things. Like what one of the one of the ones that stood out to me is the in one of the arcades, I came across a businessman, and he was trying to get toys out of the you know the UFO catcher. Oh yeah, the game. My favorite game. You know, we love them. And um, it was like, oh, can, can you just can you try and get these toys for my daughter? And I got him one. I was like, okay, well, that's great. And then I go back into the arcade and he's there again. It's like, oh, can you, can you get this one for my daughter as well? And then eventually, I think he wanted like three at the same time. It was like a family of fluffy toys he wanted as well. So I managed to do it all for him. And then it said like one of my favorite lines of the game. He said. Well, you see, she's not exactly my daughter per se, but she does like to call me her daddy. And that's oh and that's just the kind that's the kind of humor that you kinda of get for the Yakuza games. Um Yeah. Graphically, looks great. Looks wonderful. What I do love is that the, the Yakuza games seem to have this real cinematic quality to them in terms of their cutscenes. Yeah. It's like it's I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a certain level of quality in them. They really feel like cinema. When you watch them, whether it's the direction of them or just the, the lighting, you know, you know, everything about it, it's just they feel so unique. I think the Yakuza cutscenes, controls, well, fighting's easy. I mean, it's just mash square basically, isn't it? Yeah. But and they've got the heat system, so if you raise high enough, it allows you to perform like a devastating, powerful move, like putting an opponent down instantly. And you've got four fighting styles, so you've got brawler, beast, rush. And dragon, and with each fight, you gain experience points that can be used to upgrade these fighting techniques. Apart from dragon, which can only be upgraded by doing certain side activities. But I'm telling you now, brawler is the way to go. Put you everything think? into that. Yeah, put everything I, into that. I like rush. I just love like drifting past people and punching them in. I'm telling you, on Exequama, brawler is the one. Now, there's a thing in it called Majima Everywhere. So. There's a character called Goro Majima, who was in Yakuza Zero as well. And basically throughout the the entire game, he harasses you. He he insists on having fights with you at every possible opportunity. So he will just appear in the game world at random intervals and just attack you. And I have to say, it started out funny, but then it got a bit tedious, I must say. Particularly when you're like lower level and your stats aren't up to scratch. I mean, that's not to say it all bad. You know, it does make, like, amusing... So it, sometimes he, like, makes amusing appearances. Like, if you go and play, like, a minigame, if you go to the batting cage, you'll go... You'll you'll, you'll have your little minigame, and then when you... As you're just about to walk out, he will turn up and start spouting nonsense to you, and then you'll have a scrap in the batting cages and things like that, which is quite funny. But when he when you're just walking around trying to do stuff, and then he, 
he will literally just hide. So he will hide, like hide in a, a, a bin or something, or he'll just like run around the corner and stuff like that. It's just it's annoying. There, there is something similar on Yakuza Zero where there's this guy that just stands around random places. Yes. And if you walk past him, he'll attack you and take all your money. Yes. Uh, oh, what's his name? Mister. Mister. I know. Oh, money. Money is money. Summit. Money bags. Yeah. No, not money bags. Oh, no. What's his name? Money bags is Spyro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name. But yeah, I know, he's a big large dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I tried to find. He was probably. He was probably worse to be honest. But I can't wait yeah. to get to a point where I can beat the hell out of him and take all my money back. Because yeah. I'm actively scared to walk around sometimes because I'm looking around, seeing where yeah. he is, and I'll I'll try and kind of swerve around him. But at least he's easy to spot. Yeah, he's a big guy, yeah. yeah. And what I tend to do is either just run into a shop or run to a safe point. That'll stop them. So there's, there's a tip for you. But um, anyway, that's machine everywhere. There was oh, one other funny thing that I noticed. So, you know, they have hostess clubs Yeah. in Japan. So in this one, they had two clubs and you become like close to two separate hostesses. It's like one in each club. And you sit, chat, buy food and drink and that kind of thing. And then there's like this rank system that goes up for each one. And then you can ask them out on a date and all that. And I took one out to and I bought her a 98,000 yen French handbag. And I handed it to her and she looked disappointed with it. I was thinking that's 590 quid that was worth. And you have the goal to be sad about it. But after you after you've ranked up each one to an S rank, you you have like this little side mission. It's, it's part of one of the sub stories. Basically, once you rank them to S, you get a sub story with that post S. So that's why I did it. So you get this little side mission, and then when you complete that, you get a random video of a real woman frolicking around on a bed in lingerie. Nice. I mean, <laughs> I, I like women in laundry as much as the next guy, but this was just weird. I didn't understand what was going on here. I'm glad I wasn't playing it with anyone else around. I was just like, what even is this game? It's just what we come to expect from Yakuza, though, just stuff I think like it is. this. Yeah, I think it is, pretty much. But one final thing I've got to mention is pocket circuit racing. Do you know pocket circuit racing? I've, I've played Dragon Car in um, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, but I don't, not, know, I don't know what that is. That, that's basically their version of Mario Kart. But is this like Micro Machines, but Yakuza style? Uh, no, basically, Pocket Circuit Racing is. Uh, how can I describe it? So you have these little race cars, right? And they're custom built. And they you put them on a track. And there's like five lanes to four or five lanes on this track. But it's like each. Each track separated by like a, a wall, so you can't like go off into other lanes. And think of like scale electric. Yeah. And then they just whiz around this track, and then you've just got to try and win. So you've got to custom build your vehicle to beat the competition, and you go through a series of tournaments in order to do that. This was on Yakuza Zero as well, and I I forgot just how much I loved Pocket Circuit Racing. It's fantastic. I could spend ages playing that. And I found out it's actually a real thing that's making a comeback. Really? Oh, yeah, nice. In the real world. It's called Mini Four Wheel Drive. And I want to do it. I want a, a Mini Four Wheel Drive place to open up in Sheffield so I can go and do it. 
It's awesome. I'll send you a video of it of like the real life. Please do because I've just got a, a mini countryman four wheel drive car instead of whatever you're talking about. Yeah, I'll I'll show you. It, it's it's brilliant. But God, I, I just love pocket circuit racing. I can spend ages <laughs> on that. It's just it's fantastic. I, I I want it to be in all the Yakuza games, and hopefully it will be. But, so you've yeah. said it's in zero, so I can't wait to get to that it bit is. now. It is in zero, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I found out who that guy was called. Mr. Shakedown. That's it, Mr. Shakedown, yes. yes. Can't believe it. I forgot him. Yes. But in conclusion, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, I managed to complete it. Oh, nice. How long did it take you? Uh, I think it was around four. Because I've did. i done every sub-story apart from one. Because there's one, in order to open to unlock the final sub story, you have to have got, you have to have completed basically everything else. So you have to have done all the other sub stories. You have to have unlocked all the techniques for all your fighting styles. But I haven't done all the dragon ones, because in order to do all the dragon ones, you have to beat Majima up ah. constantly, which I've been doing a while. But he he also has a ranking system. And every time you rank up, you get a technique. But I've reached rank S, but I found out there's a it goes up to like triple S, <laughs> his ranking system. So I'm like, I can't be bothered with this now. I'm not going to bother doing that. Oh, but there's also an underground Colosseum fight thing as well. So you can go and beat people up in this underground Colosseum thing as well. That's quite fun. But, well, only once you level your character up. I think that's yeah. the thing for me. I level my character up quite early, as much as possible. So I could just Makes Take the rest walk. of it easier. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, no, brilliant game. Love it. But having played Zero, I knew it would be great anyway. So I guess Kiwami 2 is on the horizon. I don't know when. I might have to space them out. Yeah. I, don't, I think I don't, like, I, like that, you might need like a, a palette cleanser game in between. Yeah. But whether it's going to be something massive, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know. Who knows? But, we'll see. Yeah. But that's it. That's what I've been playing. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com. Uh, also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. See you later.